0: Passionate, driven, enthusiastic, euphoric. This is who we are as entrepreneurs, but how we leverage these incredible attributes to dream and build businesses that scale and grow is what this podcast is all about. Hello, I'm attorneypreneur Josh Brown, and welcome to Franchise Euphoria. Hello and welcome to another episode of Franchise Euphoria. Today we are talking with an entrepreneur that started in the pool business and now is a content marketing guru. Yes, I am stoked to have Marcus Sheridan on the show today. Marcus is the host of the wildly popular Mad Marketing Podcast and creator of the SalesLion.com, a blog focused on changing the way businesses teach and think in the digital world. He is passionate, energetic, and a family guy to his core. In business, Marcus is changing the way businesses do what they do. And if you've ever said to yourself or uttered under your breath, geez, my website is terrible and I need some guidance, I'm pretty sure Marcus is your guy. Or, I don't understand this whole content marketing thing. I need help. Marcus helps with that. Or, I'm frustrated with my SEO and marketing efforts and need a fresh new perspective that actually works. I'm pretty sure Marcus is your guy and we are going to talk about this and much, much more today. So let's get rolling. Hello, Marcus, and welcome to the show.
1: Josh, man, thank you uh, for having me. That was a pretty dang good intro, dude. I just <laughs> gotta bring you around with me and, you know, and uh, if I speak or, or if I have a, a, a potential client, I'm just gonna say, listen to my man, Josh, and then we'll talk, right?
0: So... <laughs> well, I love that. I I, I got some of the. Uh you know, geez, my website is terrible and all that stuff. From your website, because it's brilliant, you actually have a tab that says problems that we solve. I mean, how revolutionary is that? I mean,
1: I, I love that. And you I know I got to talk about that for a second, dude, because here's what's amazing to me about most websites. Most websites, especially the home pages, are completely jacked up in terms of the messaging, right? And so let me give you an example. There's two examples, right? Two examples. So the first example is usually you have a main headline on the homepage of your website. And a lot of them look like this. Here's the first example. Innovative. Hardworking. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, service-oriented, right? And so those are the big, there's like three great big adjectives, right? And here's the thing. If you're headline to your website could be used as a headline to every other website in every other business in the whole wide world, then we have a problem, right? And so, you know, I've been, I've literally spoken to about 40,000 people in live audiences and asked this question. And the question is, how would you define a great website? And it's amazing to me, Josh, the answer is almost always the same, no matter who you talk to. And it's always two parts. The first part is, I wanna find what I'm looking for and I wanna find it quickly. Those are the two parts. I wanna find what I'm looking for and I wanna find it quickly. Well, if somebody goes to your website, they have a problem, a need, et cetera. That's why they don't care about your company news. That's why they don't care about your widgets. All they care about is can you solve the problem that I'm currently dealing with right now? And so unless your headline statement addresses the problems that they're dealing with, unless there's another section of your site that specifically talks about the problems that you solve, you're probably missing the mark and not communicating as well as you could. So it's funny that you bring that up because that's definitely a passionate area of mine.
0: Well, it seems to be the core. I mean, really a core aspect of what you do, right? I mean, and I, it's... It's something that businesses struggle with so much. And you know, marketing has been around since the day is, I mean, forever, right? I mean, and everything we do online is to accomplish the same objectives ultimately that we've been doing offline. And it's just different tactical things. And obviously I think there's a big change and we'll get into all this, into the content marketing aspect of it in terms of creating things that attract people to you instead of bombarding people with a bunch of stuff that they don't care about. But I've always been amazed as well as you have these multi-billion-dollar international enterprises, and yet everything they tell you about themselves is what they do and how they do it, and they don't get down to that core: "Why am I doing it?" That whole Simon Sinek, you know, start with why—that brilliant book um, that highlights that. And and I've always been fascinated by that because I totally agree with you: people buy why you do things, not what you do.
1: Yeah, and and I would, and it's it's funny to me be because. When, generally speaking, people just don't care about your business. I mean, they don't, (laughs) and and they don't, at first they don't care about you either. And so that sounds cold, but it's important that we embrace that cold and embrace the reality that the only thing they care about when they come to your site is, what am I looking for right now? What is the question that I have right now? Because it better be answered or I'm out of here, right? Those are the things they're thinking. And if they can't find that, they're gone. And there's a good chance they're never going to come back again, right? And so, you know, the message that I have, Josh, I'm I'm, I'm really trying to... um. Preach to the world, if you will, is, you know, we use a lot of technical phrases in this world of of sales and marketing, digital marketing. And we say things like content marketing, social media marketing, blogging, um, inbound marketing. And I could literally just go on and on and on with these technical phrases. But if we strip away all those technical phrases, if if we just couldn't use them, how would we describe what we're doing? And to me, it really comes down to four essential principles. These four principles have been around since the beginning of time, they're never going to go away. the companies that get this they're the ones that are dominating online and off and the four are number one do you listen better than anyone else in your industry and what i mean by that is do you hear the customer's, the prospect's problems? Do you, do you think about it the way they think about it? Do you feel it the way that they feel it? Do you say it the way that they say it? That's number one. Number two, do you communicate better than anyone else in your industry in a way that, once again, that prospect or customer actually understands what you're saying? Do you use your fancy words or do you use their words, their way of thinking, feeling, saying it? Number three, do you see yourself as somebody that's... Uh, just a business or just in sales? Or do you see yourself as a teacher? Because teaching is the critical element that most people, especially digitally speaking, or when it comes to content marketing, they don't get it. The moment you see your company as a teacher, especially I like to say as a kindergarten teacher, that when Johnny, who's sitting in the back, raises his hand and says, ooh, 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 I have a question. Are you willing to answer that question? And are you willing to answer that question in a way that your only goal is for the light bulb to come on with Johnny? Because the goal is not to impress anybody because the moment you try to impress anybody online, the moment you try to sound smart as a company is the moment that you look really, really stupid and you do not generate any trust that way. And then the fourth thing is, can you be more helpful than anyone else in your industry at solving the problems of your prospects and customers? And if you think like that, magic is going to happen. And it doesn't matter what new thing comes out, what new Facebook, what new Twitter, what new this, what new that comes out. This, if you look at the greatest Leaders and businesses and speakers since the beginning of time, they understood those four things and it helped make them who they are, who they were. And if you look at the companies that are crushing it today, they get those four things. And then if you look at the ones that are gonna be crushing it in 50 years, they're gonna get those four things again. This will not change. And that's the only thing I know when people say, Marcus, can you tell me about the future? <laughs> I can tell you one thing, those four things are gonna be around just as strong then as they are right now.
0: Well, it, they're they're timeless, right? I mean, they're timeless. They're, they're t- timeless principles. I mean, what, what you highlight is so good. And I'm so glad we are off to a rapid pace on this interview. And I want and I'm going to dive into those four things and, and many, many more things. I want to give people for maybe the one or two people who don't know of you. I want to give them sort of a perspective of your story first, though. Can we take one step back and just kind of say, I know Marcus Sheridan. I know your story. But talk to talk to us about how you went from being the owner of a pool company to now being this motivational marketing, guru specialist and and what that evolution was like
1: well i mean it's it's you know it's interesting because life is funny josh it really really is when i got out of college i thought i was going to be a teacher i was either going to be a spanish teacher or a pe teacher i was looking for a job but i was also debating to myself am i going to be able to make enough money to support my family because my wife wanted to stay home um and and raise the kids so i I was like okay well and so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do and I had two friends that just started a swimming pool company where they are literally installing above ground swimming pools out of the back of a beat up pickup truck and this was in Virginia where I live and so they said we well, just got um a lease on this retail location where you would sell pool chemicals and hot tubs and we're going to work out in the field would you be willing to you know to manage that store and I said you know until I find out You know what I'm going to do? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. I need a job right now. I need money. And so, to make a long story really short, um, within six months, I became a partner for the company, and we started. We we grew. We struggled, but we grew. But in 2008, when the market crashed and home values just plummeted, and the banks essentially just cut everyone off from getting financing, as a company, we were in huge trouble. The Within 48 hours after the market crashed in 2008, we have five people that have put down deposits on swimming pools. And by this point, we're mainly doing in-ground fiberglass pools. We had five deposits that were withdrawn, and that's going into the wintertime in Virginia. That's not when you want to lose jobs, and we lost them. By January of 2009, just a few months later, we went through a period of three straight weeks where we were overdrawn in our bank account. And what I had pretty much resigned myself to is I was going to lose my home. My two business partners were going to lose their home. And it was a time of tremendous pain and stress. Now, during this time, and that's what's so, beauty, so just great, I guess, in a lot of ways about pain is that it forces us to, to do things we wouldn't normally do, right? And so in this case, I'm looking all over for solutions. And I start to read about the internet. And as I read all this these technical phrases and all this jargon. Basically, what kept coming to mind was this. Okay, Marcus, so if you, on your website, if you teach better than anybody else, then eventually, you're gonna get more traffic, leads, and sales than anybody else as well. And so that's exactly what I did. We embraced a really simple philosophy with Riverpools and this four word philosophy has literally, I mean, just it's been embraced by businesses now all over the world as I've talked about it and it's they ask, you answer. In other words, if you have ever been asked a question by a prospect or by a customer, it's your moral obligation to address it on your website. And if you do not address it, you're essentially, it's almost like they're coming into your store or your office, they're asking you a question and you're saying, nope, I'm sorry. I can't answer that right now. I mean, I know it, but I can't answer it. Go ahead and go down the street. They'll answer it for you. And when you're done getting the answer from them, come back here and we'll do business, which is silly, right? And so we embrace that philosophy. And within a few months of literally taking every question, turning each question into an article on our site, that was the title of the post. And and we just essentially started a blog on our website. The traffic, leads, and sales started to grow. And of course, today, River Pools and Spas is the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world. It gets hundreds of thousands of visitors visitors a month. And it's all because we embraced that that simple philosophy. It saved the business. And it's very uh, successful today and so successful that we've even thought, it's funny, Josh, we've even thought about franchising it. And we're becoming now a manufacturer, not just a builder in Virginia, but a manufacturer of fiberglass pools as well, because of just how influential River Pools is in the marketplace. And because of what happened with River Pools, I started a few years ago, another blog at the time, but now it's turned into really just a wonderful business where I consultant and I teach around the world and I help companies with all their web marketing efforts and it's called the Sales Lion and the Sales Line is is my place where I put my all my thoughts and feelings on, on life and business and all these fancy words we use. And I try to distill it into something really simple that anybody can understand. And so that's what I do. And it's, it's an amazing time. And today I'm just a silent partner with Riverpools and Spas. My two business partners run that. I don't, I don't really have much to do with River Pools anymore. And I just go around, like I said, and I consult and I teach and I speak about this stuff. So do you think what you're doing right now is what you were truly meant to be doing with your true calling? Well, I know that I was supposed to be a teacher and, um, and I, And and in hindsight, I think one of the main reasons I had no idea at the time, Josh, but one of the main reasons why I started that Riverpools blog and I started answering questions prolifically and thinking like the customer was because I was thirsting so much to do more than just, you know, be a sales guy and go into people's homes and sell swimming pools. It just was, for me, unsatiating. And I felt like a stallion that was just pent up and I was ready to run. And uh, in the blog at that time became an outlet for that and the YouTube videos became an outlet for that. And then the sales line became a further outlet for that. And and so, yeah, I know now I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, But I don't know what's going to end up. You know, I think the more that we talk about what we believe, the more we figure out what we're really trying to say. You know, and when I started the sales line four years ago, I thought it was all about sales and stuff like that. Today, what I'm talking about is how can you teach and communicate better than anybody else in the world so that people understand you, so that you can truly help and influence others. what I'm trying to say today. But I never would have figured that out if I hadn't put my thoughts to pen and taken the time so many nights so late and just, you know, losing uh, what was extra sleep so that I could try and understand what my message was. And fortunately, I was able to build a brand and a business in the process.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, so much of what you're saying resonates with me. And, you know, it's funny in in the legal business, in the business that, that I'm in, it's it's, I got so pent up and frustrated at trying to fit into another mold that just never fully resonated with me, right? I mean, I've always thought about the legal industry in a different way. I've always kind of had a different way of going about it. I mean, you know, a lot of times you feel like, or yeah, I I feel like the fireman that's, you know, somebody's got, somebody's got a problem, the proverbial, you know, shit hits the fan and yep, got to call the attorney and have them put out the fire. And I've never had great, gotten great satisfaction out of that. And I've been, and I tried to figure out why is that? And what I've come up with is that really my strength, And what I try to do is I want to be that proactive attorney that helps you as a business get to where you want to go. Because if I'm just there putting out fires, you're never really fixing the foundation. You're never really fixing the leaks that you have. Right. Um, And so but it's a challenge because I'm in an industry that has defined itself a certain way over generations and generations. And so people out there think of attorneys in that one way. And I'm now trying to build my practice on trying to change that and say, you know, even even contemplating going to my clients and saying, look, you know, if you're just interested in the attorney that's going to handle the one off situation, I'm not your guy. I mean, I'm the guy that's that's going to help you. Start your business and start it the right way. I'm the guy that's going to help you take your business and grow it the right way. But I'm not going to be there all the time just to put out the fires because that really doesn't do anything to help get you to that next position. But it's challenging to then... To do that in 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 a business that's that really hasn't been operating that way, and um, so, anyways, I mean that, that's that's just something about what a um, challenge that I've been dealing. Well,
1: with. you know, I mean, when you say that though, what what comes to my mind is, you know, we read all the time about you know, figure out you know who you are and and all this stuff when it comes to businesses, but I actually believe it's more important as a business that you know who you're not than what you are. And the moment you know what you're not, now we can really talk turkey. Now we can start to make incredible progress because if you look at life in general, life is about this incredible series of relationships that we have with other people. Sometimes it could be our spouse, it could be our children, it could be our fr- family, it could be our friends, it could be our customers, it could be our clients, it could be anything like that. Um, the, the happiest people are the ones that figure out the quickest who they want to have a relationship with and who they don't. And the ones that don't figure this out, they never understand what they're not, right? And because they they don't understand what they're not, they end up doing business and taking on jobs and taking on clients that something subtly within them says, you know, this is not a good fit. But they take it anyway. They take it because they need the cash flow. They take it for this, they take it for that. And then the response is always the same it wasn't worth it it wasn't worth it and i hate what i do (laughs) and so and so that's why to me it's so magical when we have this ability to say no no it's, it's not who i am you know when people come to me when companies come to me and say We're really looking to be better with Facebook, can you help us with that? I don't say yes, because it's not my thing. I mean, I love Facebook, but it's not my thing, right? Twitter's not my thing. I'm on Facebook and Twitter, but I don't teach companies how to be world-class with Facebook and Twitter, and I'm okay with that, right? I'm into web design, I'm into web messaging, I'm into copywriting, I'm into content marketing, I'm into all those things. And I know what I am, but I know what I'm not, and because I have the ability to say no, it means I have great relationships
0: now how do you parse that out because to a lot of people those flow into one another
1: I you know but that's you know uh, so there's I think there's a couple of answers to that so the first thing is I think it's impossible to even answer those things because here's the problem. People want to they want to see the end of the trail before they start to even walk it. And that's impossible. You must start this journey, start to walk the trail before the trail will become unfolded before your eyes. And you're probably never going to see the end because the end never comes. We're constantly developing who we are, our doctrine, our beliefs. The same is true for our business. We're constantly developing what really is our business model. What do we love? What can we be the best in the world? At. What do we need to eliminate? Because it's obviously not helping our business. It's not our passion area, whatever you want to call it. It's not our skill area. We're constantly figuring these things out, right? I'm no different than anyone else. But because I can clearly say I don't get incredible satisfaction out of working with uh, Twitter and Facebook with clients, okay? Because I don't get that. I just don't offer it, and it empowers me. Because nobody, you see, I see people all the time, businesses. Uh, etc. They try to be a jack of all social media traits. They end up becoming a master of none and there's nothing special about them. You're so much better off if you can become a master of one. You know, Riverpool's we, we didn't mess around really with Facebook and Twitter because, you know, people aren't aren't bragging online that, hey, I just bought a $50,000 pool on Twitter. It just doesn't really happen. Now, does that mean that we could have never have gotten a lead off of Twitter or Facebook? Of course we could have. But for me, we saw that our sweet spot where we could become the master of our domain was by producing content on our website and a blog, and it became a sensational success right and we just didn't waste time trying to be anything but that we knew what we could do and we could do it well and once we got the textual side of things then we embraced YouTube because that really aligned with who we wanted to be as teachers and now we've got millions of views on YouTube as well really so that's our philosophy and I think if businesses the quicker they can figure that out Josh man they're just happier to go to work each day
0: well I think too you're hitting on two really good I mean because it sounds like you know being that you're focused on the website and on and on YouTube I mean essentially you're 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 focused on the online space in general and through video and obviously video is huge and only growing and it is you know perhaps the best way to really make that connection with somebody that you've never met, right? I mean, if you can see somebody, if you can talk to somebody, I mean, I've thought about making the podcast a video podcast, but just logistically, it's just much easier to do an audio one. And there's that's still a great way to connect with somebody, but the idea that you're speaking to people through audio, through video, and through your writing it, and addressing their actual problems is such a great way to build up an inherent trust. Uh,
1: well, you know, it's 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 just, it's really interesting to me. Um, we we need to, as businesses, teach people in their preferred language, to to the best of our ability. Right? We know that the majority of people are visual learners. And so that does mean that video certainly is going to be the wave of the future. And, you know, with the sales lion, I've got textual articles, I've got videos, and I have a podcast. The most intimate of the three is the podcast. And the reason is this. Nobody's ever said to me before, Marcus, I um, I, I went for a hike the other day. I'm um, three miles up a mountain and I watched your video the whole time. And it was just, <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, it was just perfect. It was what I needed. <laughs> but, but I've gotten that with the podcast. You know, the podcast is something where this is how people talk. And you know this better, better, maybe better than I do, Josh. People say, Thank you for making my workout shorter. You were with me the whole time. Man, it's so nice when you're with me on my drive to work because it just, the traffic doesn't bother me so much. You see, you can't say that with video, and you can't say that with text. But daggum, you can say it with a podcast. Now, see the thing though about a podcast is it's not as effective in every industry, right? And so um, it works well in the marketing space, but I don't foresee myself having a a, a podcast at least for for some time in the swim in the swimming pool space. That doesn't mean one couldn't be successful. I just don't know if I would have um, enough returns. But when it comes to video in the swimming pool space, darn straight. Very visual product, right? Whereas marketing is more of a service. And so it's just a different feel. Podcasting works very well. Whereas pools, video, but text as well. Everything has its own place, right? The key is that we figure it out and we're able to adju- uh, uh, adjust, right? So the core principle to each one is how can I be the best teacher in the space? Well, if I want to be the best teacher in the marketing space, podcast makes a lot of sense. If I want to be the best teacher in the swim pool space, visual is first. Then text, maybe eventually podcast, but not right now. Is there a
0: difference between... Marketing B two C versus B two B. I
1: don't think so at all, and I I it drives me crazy, Josh. That uh, you know, it used to be that I would teach uh, at at an event, at a conference, or whatever, and at the end, when people are are asking questions, they would say, "You know, Marcus, that was really nice. You know, what you did with your pool company, but you see, we're a B two B company, and um, how does this apply to us?" And you know, Josh, I would hear that and there, I, I would I would shed tears within my soul because I'm like, this person doesn't get it. And of course, now today, literally every single presentation I give, every conference, whether it's 2000 or two people, I, the first question I ask is, so who here is the exception to everything I'm getting ready to say? And then for about five minutes, we have a discussion as to why... It doesn't matter what you are, B2B, B2C, or in Virginia, D.C., they say B2G, which is business to government. There's always a person behind the acronym. And the principles, it's it's like if someone says, (laughs) here's the thing, when people say, how does this apply to B2B? I'm like, okay, so do you think teaching is important in B2B? Well, yes, of course it is. Do you think communication is important in B2B? Oh, yeah, of course it is. Do you think being incredibly helpful is important in B2B? Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Why do we do this to ourselves? We're killing ourselves with stupid acronyms and putting ourselves in a corner when in reality we're missing the mark and therefore not getting the most that we could out of all these incredible marketing and sales opportunities because of these these self-labels that are just... Oh my goodness! I could go on all day about Josh, oh, that one Josh, but I, I'll just I'll just leave it at that.
0: No, I love it. I love it because I had a conversation with a great friend of mine who's a business guy, successful business owner, and um, uh, I convinced him the same thing that you've been saying. But at first, he was way skeptical. At every you know, I was talking about social media and and content marketing and how you. Are basically taking sales and marketing and turning them, you know, together and 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 telling stories that are, you know, once you identify who your target customer is and what they know and what they feel and what they think and what they're concerned about, it's almost like um, it. it, It's kind of freaky when you think about it, but it's like Amazon, right? You go and purchase something on Amazon, and next thing you know, they're like making suggestions to you, like they're your best friend, or or (laughs) they're they're your spouse or something. How do they know that I want to read that exact book? Well, they nail. It and and now on to the next. And so the idea is they understand that. And so, but I think what gets people hung up is that people who are in quote unquote unsexy businesses, right? So it's like, you know, hey, I make these little widgets that go onto another part. I mean, how is that? How is the internet? How is social media? You know nobody cares about that. And so, so what when-
1: yeah. Yeah so 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 one here's a question that I love to ask groups when I'm t- talking to companies and I man dude I've dealt with some crazy nichey companies before and the question is over the years since you've been in business how many different questions have you received from prospects and customers I have never heard Josh anybody say less than hundreds if not thousands that's the same answer every single time, huh? hundreds if not thousands, right? And then the next question is, okay, of those hundreds if not thousands of questions that you've been asked, how many are answered right now on your website? And then everybody starts to give that like look of shame because the average is somewhere between 10 to 20 questions. So what happens? You have all these B2B companies, they hire all these salespeople, and what are these salespeople doing? all day long, they're spending all their time answering the exact same stupid questions over and over again. If you're answering the same questions over and over again every day, as someone in sales it's because your marketing frankly stinks and you see <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that as a pool guy i would go into homes i'd answer the same questions over and over again i would roll my eyes eventually i would think geez that person was could grieve come on are you kidding me and i realized at some point in time that's it's your fault dummy marcus you're the ding dong here not them because a lead is as good or as bad as the website or the marketing that brought them there. That's just how it works. And so, you know, there's a magical number out there right now. I'm sure you've heard of Josh, but I got to say this for your audience. So, so Google came out with this thing, which is zero moment of truth and zero moment of truth is basically the first time somebody contacts you, like they email you, they call you, they walk into your office, um, whatever that is. All right. So that's zero moment of truth. And they've said that 70%, 70% of the buying decision is made before. Zero moment of truth. This is what their studies have shown, and the number is growing. In other words, before the person calls your company, 70% of the decision is already made. And here's what's funny to me. If that is true, what is more important today, sales or marketing? Well, well Of course, mar- yeah. the answer is marketing. Yeah. But if, if you ask companies what are they doing to try to help their business, how many people do they have in marketing? One, two maybe? How many sales do they have? They usually have 10x in sales, maybe 20x in sales. It's totally screwed up. That's why sales and marketing need to merge in most cases. Sales needs to be intricately involved in marketing because sales are the ones that hear the questions every day. Sales are the ones that should be the best at answering the questions. Marketing's job is not to be a great teacher because they don't have the practice, y'all. Marketing's job is to get those incredible answers, those questions, and those answers from sales and help facilitate that and put that information on the website, on the other digital platforms. But unfortunately, right now, most organizations, we see silos, the two Departments do not communicate, and so you have people that are trying to run the digital messaging side of the company and marketing that have really no clue as to the true needs, questions, concerns, and problems of the customer, and then you have the people in sales who are aloof as to what's happening digitally, and the whole time, the customer is already making 70% of their decision before they ever even talk to somebody in sales the first time. It's profound. It's not going to change. It's only going to get worse. So
0: then what do you do? With these companies that have these operations already set up i mean what, what what's your recommendation to get them on the same page
1: well I, I you know there's there's a few things that we do and i've talked a ton about this on the sales line but i call this process insourcing insourcing is uh the process of using your existing employees as content producers i.e teachers and communicators through text and through video. So the purpose of marketing is to help everybody um, do just that, become a better teacher, derive that information from them. Well, how does a culture like that become established? Well, there's a couple steps that have to occur. Number one, you've got to have buy-in from management. This is definitely trickle down economics. In other words, if management doesn't say, marketing is critical to us, marketing is the new sales. If they don't say that, and if they don't say we're going to do whatever is necessary to make our messaging, our Digital brand exceptional, well, then you're going to stink. Okay, that's number one. Number two, what I have found is most companies, they need some type of major workshop or just getting back to Simon Sinek, they need to understand the why. Why are we asking you to become or, 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 Help us write blog articles. Help us do videos. Why? Because people want to say, well, I'm in sales. That's not what I do. You're in marketing. Go do your marketing thing. I'll do my sales thing. They're missing the mark. They don't understand the what, the how, and the why. So you have to have some type of workshop, something that's more than just an email that says, hey, y'all, I need you to help me write blog articles. (laughs) That doesn't work. It stinks. And it's built to fail immediately. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is you need to have a person within the marketing department, which their, their whole really goal or, or duty is to help organize all this content, help people answer all these questions, help get that stuff on the website, take articles that are really on a scale of 1 to 10, they they're maybe just a 5 in terms of quality, and turn it into a 7 or 8 or a 9 in terms of quality, right? Because some salespeople just aren't going to be that good at writing, but we can help them turn – we can turn their, mold it into something that's really good. And we could record videos and do interviews with them that are answering these questions because a lot of people in sales are much better um, – talking than they are writing. And so that's why the video marketing is so important, but there needs to be a person that's just in charge of that. They're not distracted by anything else. And this isn't a lot of organizations. Now, granted, if you're a solopreneur, you might not have enough for this. But if you're doing a million or more in business, and 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 most of my clients are in the 10 million above range, almost all of my clients have a person that's just singularly devoted to their content marketing efforts, right? This As they ask, we answer philosophy and embracing the power of teaching communication through text and video.
0: And um so so tell me this. How did you go or what was before we finish, because I've, God, we've been talking for thirty-five minutes and it has flown by, so it's been a great conversation. Um, but question for you on how how you um, how you went from obviously you created that popular blog with the pool company, and then you made a decision to then say, okay, this is this is where I'm going to go. What was that process like for you? Because I think that's that's instructive for people out there who are considering making a change themselves, right? People who are. <laughs> you know, are either in a corporate job they hate or maybe recently let go and trying to decide what they want to do. And they have ideas, they have dreams, they have things they want to go after. What was that like for you after you had some success in turning around the pool company and then you essentially said, I'm going to go do this whole other
1: thing? Well, I'm going to give you a very unsexy answer here because the answer is I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, You know, uh, literally. I started blogging with Riverpools in March of 2009. In November of that same year, I start the sales line because I'm like, this blogging stuff is awesome. I want to tell people about it, right? I didn't know it was going to turn into this big company with employees that was going to help me to travel and speak around the world and all this junk. I had no idea. I never set out for that. I just said, I've got important things that need to be shared. And so, I approached it in that light. And then the thing is, Josh, it didn't pick up traction for like the first 12 to 18 months. Nobody was beating down my door. And so, you know, the overnight success story was about two years. And then it started to really get momentum, the sales line did. And now it just all started to, to really, really snowball but i'm constantly developing i didn't know for the first 3 years that i would have employees today i do you know i didn't i didn't know that speaking would generate as much money as as consulting today it does i didn't know any of these things you know i think the great divide oftentimes in this industry are the companies that have to have a roadmap. They've got to have this rule book, and they've got, to, and that's why Josh. And this is offensive to some, and it, and, and I'm happy to say that it should be. Is that's why the internet, generally speaking, is owned by C students, and the A students are working for the C students online. And the reason for that is because <laughs> A students, they had, they think everything's got to be just right. They've got to be super prepared. It's got to be perfect, just like when they took that test in high school or college. But this isn't high school or college. This is not a little circle that you just perfectly fill in with your number two lead pencil. No. No, it doesn't work like that. What works here is that you're very agile, you're nimble, you're willing to screw up all the time, you're okay with the fact that you don't have a roadmap, you're constantly experimenting because you're so dynamic and you're just looking for ways to be more helpful. You will launch a product if it's a 7 out of 10 versus a 10 out of 10 and you'll figure it out as you go. Those are the most successful businesses and brands online. Those are the ones. Not the ones that are seeking perfection. This is not NASA. You're not launching a spaceship. You do not have to have all systems go. That is not the way that content marketing and social media work. And until you let go of that need for perfection, there's a very good chance you're not going to be very good at this. and You're not going to gain a lot of momentum.
0: So are you launching some products online or do you have products online that you sell along with your consulting and your speaking and all that?
1: No, I just, you know, and I could, I could, but for me, it's it's because my list is is pretty substantial of people that have downloaded my ebook and stuff, but, you know, mainly it's just the speaking. I, I sp- have my own event called the Remarkable Growth Experience, which is, un- I mean, I, we had the first one uh, this past that? year. It was, profound. it was in November. It's in Washington, D.C. It's unlike any event out there because it combines sales and marketing together. It's the only conference that I know of that literally combines sales and marketing, and so... Salespeople come and they catch the vision for marketing. Marketing people come and they catch the vision for sales. It's freaking awesome. Oh, I'm coming to it. I gotta. It's called the the remarkable growth experience. It's it's just tremendous. And I'm not saying that because it's mine. Um, I do it with two other people that are literally world class speakers. One's world class with sales. He's as good as anybody I've ever seen. One is literally world class with um customer service and experience. You put the three together. That's the big three. And that's what we're all trying to say. And it's just very different in that regard. Most conferences today are just one thing. They're just sales. They're just marketing. They're just this. They're just that. And I said I wanted something very different and something incredibly intimate, and that was why I... I didn't call it a conference. I called it a remarkable growth experience. And so I, I do that. And yeah, I mean, I speak all over the world now. I say, Josh, I, I cannot believe it. In the last six weeks, and this is going to sound arrogant. I don't mean it to. But because, because I started answering questions as a pool guy five years ago, over the last six weeks, I've been paid to speak in Cancun, Fort Lauderdale, and then in Disney World. And I brought my family on every single one of those trips. I mean, my life has completely changed. And the relationship I have with my family today, with my wife and with my four kids, has never, never been better. And it's all because of this simple philosophy that changed my life.
0: Well, I think, I mean, your passion is, is awesome. Um, I love it. I'm a, I'm a passionate guy myself and I, I really love what you're doing. I've been, um, following your podcasts and, uh, continue, uh, to look forward to, to doing that. And I definitely want to come to that conference. That conference sounds incredible. Um, it's going to be in November again.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be in November. I'll put the uh I'll put the new, you know, landing page, if you will, sales page, whatever you want to call it, on the sales line soon. But yeah, it's gonna be in November and once again, um you see the funny thing about it before I didn't promote it hard because I said I'm not gonna bring in more than seventy-five people because I want it to be the most intimate conference anybody has ever attended. And I sold out the seventy-five so fast that I I sent one email out and I didn't see, send another. I didn't have to, and uh, it was profound, man. It's going to be great again, and this time I'll cap it at one hundred. That's all; it's going to be there, one hundred people.
0: Nice, nice. Well, listen, you have been—I've occupied so much of your time, so I really, really appreciate it. You've been awesome. But before we go, tell people how they can reach you, and um, yeah, do you yeah, else?
1: yeah. So, so I think one of the best things—if you liked what you heard today—and if you want to be able to apply even more in detail. On the saleslion.com, the sales lion, there's a free ebook. It's cost nothing. It took me about two years to write. It's about 240 pages. You can go there, you can download it. And I think it's going to help you out a lot. It's helped over 20,000 people with their businesses and with their life. Um, you can find me at Twitter at the Sales Lion and you can email me, Marcus One, Marcus, the number one at the dot com. Those are the three places, Josh. oh, yeah, and Mad Marketing is the podcast. dude, it's it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Well, keep on going, my man. You're on that. you're on the rocket ship uh, headed heading north. So keep it going, my friend, and uh, we will talk soon. Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at FranchiseEuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.